Good morning. Well, we began last week the seventh period of Sechta's Brochus. We didn't get very far because it was quite complicated. But hopefully we got some understanding of the two opinions in Tesis how to approach Zimon. We're still unclear exactly what Zimon is. Rashi tells us using the words Lehizdamin Yachad. We know that Zimon comes from the word of Lehizdamin to prepare. Yachad Litziruf Brocha. We don't know what this Tziruf Brocha is. We have to see if we can come across another one or two Rashi's a bit later who perhaps will give us some more understanding in this Tziruf Brocha. We weren't sure if the Zimon itself is a Brocha so far in Rashi or does the Tziruf Brocha mean the Birchus Hamozin? The Rashi says, Kagoin Navorich. We weren't sure if that means the Hizdamnus, the, the pre- preparation is the Navorich, is the Navorich, the Brocha itself. And then we had discussed in Taisus the <coughs> contradiction of the Yushalmi, that Yushalmi asks from this Mishnah that we learned at the beginning of the Perik last week, to the Mishnah late in Dafnun, where the Mishnah tells us that it's and is it the same halacha is it two separate halachas the two opinions in Taisus they are two different ways of saying the same thing or is it two completely separate halachas there's one halacha of Chi of Zimun there's another halacha of Ein Rishoyin Lichalik and that was the second view of Taisus and the Rav Alphas um, the difference would be as Taisus explains is if they st- started the meal together are they permitted to finish the meal separately and move away from the group without <coughs> making a zimun or if they started the meal separately and they finished together are they permitted to separate do they have to make a zimun etc and that was the the second mahalach in Tesis, that there's two separate halachas here halacha of chayov nizamin and halacha of einushon lichalik whereas the first view of Tesis was that there's no difference they are exactly the same halacha there's one halacha of chayov nizamin which is repeated again in the Mishnah later, uh, but using slightly different terminology, they're not allowed to divide themselves. But the meaning behind that is that they have a chiv to be mezamin. And that's where we got to at the end of Shir last week. So the Mishnah carries on. So we've learned, and we discuss this in Rashi that the Mishnah tells us that even though these are, as Rashi says close to things which are domul isa, perhaps similar to some of the scenarios at the end of the Mishnah is going to discuss where there is no combination between those who are eating and therefore a zimmer cannot be said these are very similar scenarios yet these are slightly different because the mai can be combined can be uh, can be eaten by everybody around the table my also can be partaken of by everybody my sesheni as well once this anhegdish once this had the Maishasheni, the Kedusha removed and redeemed, and the Shamash Achal Kazais, despite the fact he's only eating a Kazais and he's actually not really sitting down to join, them, join with them in the meal, but if he eats a Kazais with the intention to join them, that's, uh, that's sufficient for it to, consider, to be considered a Tziruf Brocha. And the Kusi, we consider a Kusi a Jew enough to join in to the Zimun. Then we have the second half of the mission. Achal Tebel Um so here there's one person, Ochal is only one person who's eating Tevel, the other two are eating plain normal Cholin. 
they're not eating tevel. It's only ochal. He ate tevel. Or he ate maserishin, which had not had the truma removed from it. So therefore, it is forbidden for the others, for him to eat it, or the others to eat it. Forbidden for everybody to eat it. And maserishini and hegdish, which have not had their kedusha redeemed. Or shamish ate less than the kezayis, which is not enough to be considered a tziruf of the shamish together with the others, or non-Jew, we do not make a zimun on those, on the shamish, on the nochri, or on these people who have eaten these forbidden foods. It comes along taste with a very interesting understanding of this Mishnah. Everybody can join together for zimun. Kehanim, levim, v'yisraelim. Kehanim, Levim, and Yisraelim. Uparich Pshita, and the Gemara asks, why do I need a Mishnah, a Gemara, to be the Chiddush of a Mishnah to tell me, Hakel Mistafrin, the Zimun, Kehanim, Levim, Yisraelim, Kehanim are Jews, Levim are Jews, Yisraelim are Jews. We don't have class in Judaism, uh, in that sense that we don't allow the classes to mix. Yes, there's Kehanim, Kehanim have more obligations. We have Levim, they have more obligations, but they're still all one category of Jew, and therefore they can, why shouldn't they be able to be joined together in a Zimun? Or Mishani, what do I need a Mishnah to tell me that for? So the Gemara answers, Loi Tzricha, we need it, Afagav the Koyen Oichel Truma, the Yisrael Chulin, we need it to tell us that even though the Koyen is eating, he's partaking of his Truma, and the Yisrael is eating his Chulin, and eating around the same table together, or the same Hesaba together, Alma, so what do we see? That they can join together, Af Algav, the Truma Asur Yisrael. Even though the Truma is forbidden to be eaten to the Yisrael, or the Levi for the same price, so therefore, why don't we say the same thing here? question. We have a Mishnah Gemara Masech which tells us if we had one coin eating truma and two Yisraelim eating chulin, those Yisraelim cannot partake of the truma. If they can't partake of the truma, so we can't consider it a single meal. A meal where I can't partake of what you're eating is not considered a meal. And that's what the Mishnah tells us here. If one of them is eating tevel, and the other two are eating non-tevel, normal permitted food, we don't allow you to make a zimun. Why? Because the ones who are eating, the ones who are not eating tevel cannot join in with the one who is eating tevel. They can't partake of the tevel. The fact that the third one partook of the tevel against the halacha, good luck to him. But the other two can't eat the table. So therefore you can't say there's a tzirif. There's no tzirif if, if, if the food that one is eating is forbidden to the other. So how comes when it comes to the Kayan, the Levi and the Yisrael, and the Levi and the Yisrael are eating chulin, and the Kayan is eating truma, that we say there is a zimun. We say there is a zimun. What on earth is going on? Do we need to be able to join both way rounds? Or is it sufficient one way round? The man who's eating table is able to eat the chulin too. And yet we say, no. That's not a tzirif. But when it comes to truma, the two can't join in with the one, but the one can join in with the two, and we say that's sufficient. What's the difference? What's the difference? Comes along Tosis with a huge chiddush. Says Tosis v'yeshloima. Says Tosis v'yeshloima. The achilas tevel lav shmo achila the loichazia af lekoyhein. The eating of tevel is not considered eating that can be. Mitzaref to a zimun at all. Not because the person who's eating it 
and sorry, not because the other two who are eating chulin are not able to partake of the tevel. That's not the reason why they can't join together. The reason why they can't join together is because the third one who's eating is not called eating. It's not enough of an achila to join into a zimun. This type of eating has been excluded from Hilchas Zimun. Why has it been excluded from Hilchas Zimun? And that, problem with that is that Tashus is a bit of a mess. The next line of Tashus is a little bit muddled up. The wording of Tashus. Tashus seems to come back on himself a little bit. And let's, let's see Tashus inside just to, just to show you the, the slight complication in the wording of Tashus. Since it's not really fit even for the Koyan so the Koyan who ate it is not really permitted to eat it and if he's not permitted to eat it we can't consider it a eating that's able to be mistarif to, tr- to Zimun I will truma but when it comes to the truma it's at least the Koyan who's eating it is permitted to eat it the other two are not permitted but that doesn't matter now comes Taisus is telling us that in, in real terms if two people are eating and one's eating something that the two truma that the two can't eat it doesn't matter since the Kohen can join them in their chulin so it's considered one big party and therefore they're able to be mitzarev la'achilo the problem with truma the problem with truma with tebel is something different the problem with tebel is the tebel is not just the Yisraelim can't join in with the Kohen and the tebel the problem with tebel is that the Kohen na'achilo is not considered enough of an achilo to allow him to join in with the other two He's parting on his own. He's not parting together with the others. That would be the wording of Tasha. That seems, what Tasha, seems to be what Tasha is saying. Tasha doesn't explain why. It's true that what he's eating is also, but he is eating. He is having uh, food. He is uh, sustaining himself. So, yet why? Tasha doesn't quite explain. He just uses an interesting Lashon saying, Ein zu achila. Doesn't give us an explanation. The next line of Tasha seems to add a slight different explanation. Vuhuadin says Tasha, the same would apply if all three of them were eating tevel. They would not be chayev. They would not be obligated to have a zimun to come together to zimun. The is also complicated. What's chayov in the zamin? They shouldn't be allowed to be in the zamin. Perhaps he's just using the wording of the Mishnah. like the Gemara says in Bobby Kama, now this comes up with a slightly different reason not because the achil is not an achila but perhaps this is what Tosh meant in the first place it's because the bracha of a person who ate something also is not really a bracha it's it's not considered a bracha and therefore somebody who ate something which is not permitted cannot join in to the others Letzir of bracha, because his bracha is going to be a menayetz. I can't join in with somebody who's going to be a menayetz for bracha. So therefore, the achila of Issa does not allow him to join into a bracha. The wording of Tosis is very slightly complicated. And what's a big chiddush of Tosis? adin im Of course, if eating tevel is not called an achila with one person, culture can if three of them are eating tevel is not called an achila. I don't need the huadin unless you're going to tell me that in the Havim and I might have thought without the extra huadin that one person doing something wrong and the other two are doing something right for compa- comparable to the other two is not considered an achila. But if all three are doing something wrong, maybe 
we can consider it an achila, perhaps. And therefore, Tais has to explain to us that the meaning behind why it's not called an achila is because the bracha is not really a bracha. It's not an achila of a bracha, because it ends up a Maybe that's what Tais means. But Tais is a little bit unclear. It's very unclear. And if you look in the Messiah Sashas in Ois Tess, there he quotes Mashal. Min v'hu adin v'chulu ad elom menayt rashal moichik zeh v'nechta b'sider ein kan mekaymoi. So that whole line the mashal takes out of Tosfos, and we can understand why he takes it out because it's difficult to really explain what the extra chiddush of Tosfos is. If eating table is not an eating, then two people, three people eating is not called eating. A and B, Tosfos uses different wording. Before he calls it ein zeh achila, and now he doesn't say ein zeh achila. Now he just says ein zeh bracha. So therefore, the simplest thing to do, says the Mashal, is just cut that line out. Can I ask you? Of course, you one can. One of the three can only eat gluten-free. Can they? Uh, doctor, you have to hang on. You have to hang on tight. You have to hang on tight. Carries on tasteless. Mikan, Hoya Omer Rabbeinu Yehuda. From here, says Rabbeinu Yehuda, the Shleisha Sheachlu. Three people were eating together. And the one of them was means that he says, I have made a nether that he's not going to benefit from this. It's wonderful, no? So he said, I'm not going to benefit from the other two. Right? So you can imagine one belonged to one satma and the others belonged to the other satma. Oh, one belonged to uh, one shul and the other belonged to the other, the enemy shul, chasm Whatever the story was, he said, I'm not going to benefit from those two. But they landed up eating at the same meal together. Can they make a zimun? Can they not make a zimun? The two can partake of the one, but the one can't partake of the two. Says Rabbeinu Yehuda, the Shloisha Shachlu ve'Echad Hayim Mudahana Min Ashnayim v'Hu Oichel Mishaloi. He was eating his own food, and they were eating their own food. Yachel Litztarifim Moyin LeZimun. They are able to join together for Zimun. The Nehi De'Einoi Royu Lecholim Moyin. Be it that he can't eat with them. Hein Ruiin Lecholim Moyin. They are able to partake of his. And we have just learned, says Tesfus, that the problem with one eating tebel and the other two eating chulen is not because I need to have, be able to have them joining both ways. I don't need them to be joined both ways. One way is sufficient. Proof, says Tesfus, from the fact that I can have two Yisraelim joining together with a Kohen who's eating trauma. So I only need to be able to join one way, not the other way. Tebel's different. Tebel ain't zuachila. Therefore, if I have another scenario where one can't join together with the other two, but the two can join in with the one, I'll have no problem of being able to make a zimun. The example Tesis gives for the moment is the example of somebody who is a mudah and not minashnaim. Or, says Tesis, somebody who's careful not to eat pas akum. So today, uh, I can't even use the example of Ravita, because today Ravita is pas yisrael. Uh, some or other the mashkech must go and switch it on it says on the packet pas Yisrael so I assume it's true uh, in the old days where Ravita was pas Yisrael so many people eat Ravita for health reasons and pas Akum if there's no equivalent uh, there wasn't any equivalent in those days so Ravita was a standard fare in Jewish homes but there are some people as I'm sure Hamak tells us who are makbid never to eat Ravita now if you eat a lot of Ravita 
about seven or eight pieces, you're going to need to make Brichus Amozen. So you're eating your seven or eight pieces of Ravita, and somebody else uh, who's very careful never to eat Ravita, and he made sure that you sit on the other side of the table so no crumbs should, should come and penetrate and contaminate his food, and uh, etc. You made it very clear, I, I don't eat Pasakum, and you know, you made the other gentleman feel really bad. Is you, are you allowed to join in together in a Zimun, or are you not? Says Taisus, Pasakum. One who is Niza, who eats together with two who are not Niza, and the other two, sorry, one is eating Pas Akum, and the other two are careful not to eat Pas Akum. They're careful not to eat Pas Akum. Same thing. The one who's eating Pas Akum can join in with the other two who are not eating Pas Akum. Be it that the ones who are eating non Pas Akum can't join in with the one who's eating Pas Akum, because he's eating Ravita. Doesn't matter. I don't need to be able to join both way around. Abo. Now, this is where Tesis becomes complicated again. Abol says Tesis in Shloshton Mudorin Hanozem is a three. All three said we're not going to benefit from each other. Ain Mistarfin. Then they do not join into Zimun. Apalpi Shichoilim Lishol on the Dorim. The Hashtami Aloy is Shali, is Atshilu. The Hashtami Aloy Atshilu. Even if they could be Shoil on the Nether, and they could remove this Nether of which we should prevents them from joining in in each other's food since now they have not yet gone and been shoyal asked the, the Chochem to remove the nether they then re- therefore remain three types of people that are not able to join together and they're eating together being mace up together but since they can't partake of each other's food they're not considered a tziruf and they do not make a zimun what Taisus does not tell us what would be if you had a case of two and one Taisus tells us one and two And two are mudanof from the from the, from the coin. Well, well, that's not a problem because the coin can be. Oh yeah, so the coin can be started with them, but they can't be started with him. Yeah, so oh, well, that, no, that's okay. The coin, yes. So one way around, one can be started, but two can't. That taste doesn't tell us. Taste tells us if two can be started with the one, and the one can't be started with the two, or if all three can't be started with each other. What taste does not tell us is if the two cannot be started with the one, but the one can be started. No, if. No, because that's a case of trauma. Two cannot be misdarf with the one. But the one can be misdarf with the two. But the two can be misdarf... No, but there they can all be misdarf with each other. We're asking, Tracer doesn't tell us what would happen if one can be misdarf with two, but two can't be misdarf with any of them. Two are mudahna. Two are mudahna from all three. One wasn't. Why does it say Mitzvah's love now? Mitzvah's love, Lohan is Nikola? What's mitzvah's love? Not as good to do it. It's a mitzvah to to uh, benjamin. Mm-hmm. Correct. So they have not. The fact they can't. It's not an aspect of have not. Balfi, I really, I'm sorry to apologize to you, but I do not understand a word you're saying. What's mitzvah? What's have not got to do the price of cheese? These guys can't eat from each other's food. They can't eat from each other's food. And you can't be misstarf if you can't eat from each other's food. That's the rule that we're learning about. What's Mrs. Abrahamson got to the press cheese? If there was a benefit in the Zimun itself, I, I, I still don't know what you mean. If there's a benefit in the, in the Zimun itself, would maybe say Mrs. Abrahamson, you know. But this has got nothing to do with the benefit in the Zimun. This is, are they allowed to eat of each other's food? If you were supposing you have one having a cheese sandwich, no one's having a cheese sandwich. Bosom Khalov, same same problem. But they could eat from from each other, it's just uh, well, that now they can't, but they could at the beginning. Yeah, okay, but 
So it could be there's a tariff. Here we're talking about they could never join in at all. So he can't join in, so he wouldn't be able to join in at all then. He can't, he can't, there's no tariff. Even though, even though the two can join in with him, he can't join in with, no, the two can't join in with him, and he can't join in with them, so what's the shayla? Yeah, it wouldn't work. Very interesting. So now, somebody who's eating gluten free, um, is that called not able to be mistarif? Let's forget the conversation of tasters. Sorry, but but let's 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 assume that that you know one's gluten free and one's this and one's that. Is, is that en- enough reason to, s- to not consider it? There's no issa from making them being from. Just have a stomachache for a few days. Is that is that considered a non syrup? Could be. It depends how badly celiac he is. It depends how badly uh, gluten intolerant he is. Very you know, difficult to know. Is that considered a non syrup? No, because that's halachically. That's halachically. There is a chum not ipasakum. So someone who's moved into that. So halachically, he's not able to partake. This person can partake halachically and physically. He's just it'll, it'll be unwell. Is that enough of a reason? It does say It says ideally one should, which should uh, there's an Indian not to eat pasakum. He takes on this chumash. He's now halachically not able to eat pasakum. That's a bit different, and that's a chiddush taste. I agree with you, but it's still a bit different to to uh, celiac or somebody's uh, gluten intolerant. I don't think you need to be a health freak not to eat what somebody else is eating. If you're halfway through a pita, I'm not. Don't think I'm going to partake of it. No, as much as I love you dearly, I'm not going to partake it. No, I love pita, but not the one that you're eating. No, sushi definitely not. <laughs> it's very hard to find uh, normal bread. Uh, can you consider yourself a nizza? Tosis is a chiddish to say. I mean, Rafael's right, but it's still different to to somebody who's worried about, about gluten by the way gluten free bread is often not bread you have to be careful to make sure it's really bread mm, often gluten free bread oh, is not matzah, considered oat matzah oat matzah yeah oat matzah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah correct because the my anybody can eat it if they become an oni so in the situation he's now, he's able to eat. Be mafki, he can just be mafki. It's not like shoyal where the ned is still there. The mai, the Gemara says many times more in sukkah that the mai is considered royal achila. A very interesting tesis. Very interesting tesis. All built out of the Mishnah of achal tevel ein mezamnin olav. Achal tevel ein mezamnin olav. Then the Mishnah finishes off and says noshim vavodim uktanim ein mezamnin alein. And the Gemara will elaborate on that a bit later. And at Kama Mazamnin, at Kama Mazamnin, how much do we, does one need to eat in order to be considered that eating together and be Mechuyev in a Zimon? The Tanakam says at Kazayas, Rebudim, at Kabetza. Rashi explains, Kama Yochanimon, Vishaivimon, Bezimon. 
How much does he have to eat with them to be obligated with a zimun? And that's where we got stuck in Rashi. What's What about zimun itself? Why? What's The question is, is one allowed to get up and go away? So we got stuck with that Rashi too. Okay, says the Gemara. Where do we know that three need to make a zimun? So Minohanimili says Rashi. Minohanimili the shloisha ruuyim lebichast sirf. The three are fit for a bichast sirf. There's a concept here which Rashi's told us a number of times called a bichast sirf. A bichast sirf. We don't know what that Birchat Sirif is. Rashi says, Kagoin Navarich. We don't know what the Birchat Sirif is. Is, Kigoyne, is the Navarich the Birchat Sirif? Or is there a concept of Birchat Sirif in the Birchat Hamazon itself? Which is not, the Navarich is just the Hasmona. We don't know yet. We still haven't got any clear proof in Rashi. But what's clear in Rashi is that the, the idea of Shleishish Achluk Achas Chayovin Lezamein is that the Chayev for a Birchat Sirif. That's what it means. They're to prepare themselves for a birchas sirif. In other words, they're to make a birchas sirif. What that birchas sirif is, we don't yet know. But that is the concept of zimun that this pair according to Rashi is being mechadish. A concept of a birchas sirif. I can be might see you in a bracha. Maybe we haven't. We don't know that yet. But maybe because that's not a birchas sirif. That's each person making their own bracha. Just so happens that I'm making the bracha on your behalf. That's not a birchas sirif. There's a, a concept of a bracha of a birchas sirif where one makes a bracha in a plural tense on behalf of everybody else. It's not a shemiakoina type of din. It's a birchas sirif. A very, very interesting concept which we haven't yet got clarity on. We're just bringing out the point in Rashi. Yes, Rabbi, what can I do for you? Just explain this to us. And the only birchas sirif is the are you telling me that the, the case of wine is ma'akiv in the Birchah Zimun? No, 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 it's ma'akiv. What he means by Birchah Zimun is the, the, the broch on the wine. Is the other don't say? Loitzi only the Birchah Zimun is only the Birchah Zimun on the wine. That's right. No. I don't think that's right. But, but there's no proof from Rashi that's what he means. And we're going to be open-minded now. We're going to remain, remain uh, very open-minded to try and see if we can find out what we mean when we say Birchah Zimun. And that's very clear. First Rashi in the Mishnah, and then we have this Rashi who says, that's the key element of Zimun, is an interesting concept of Zimun. And then we have the Rashi now at the beginning of the Mishnah, we ask the question, how do you know that you're We ask the question, once you're Chazal said you're but the Minani really is where do we know there's a concept of Birchas Zimun? Sorry, Birchas Sirif. And that Birchas Sirif can only actually take place when there's three. Once we know that, then we know Chazal can then institute that we have <coughs> to make that Sirif Brocha. Minani Mili Omre Vasid, Omakro, Gadlu Lashem Iti, Unaraimamo Shemoy Yachtov. So we have Gadlu, which is plural. Gadlo, they should make great. Hashem, to Akadosh Baruch Iti, with me. So how many people do we have here? We have... Gadlo is two, and the Iti is an extra one. 
So that makes three. Uh, even I can count that. You don't need to be an accountant to be able to do two and one makes three. Gadlu Hashem iti unoraim yachdov. Then unoraim yachdov. There's a new type of unoraim a new type of elevating the name of Hakadosh Baruch Hu yachdov together. Yachdov together does not mean all three simultaneously. Yachdov together means a brichas tziruf. And here we see the concept of brichas tziruf. It doesn't tell us that you mechuyev to have a brichas tziruf. It tells us that there's a concept of Bircha Sirif. And that concept only starts when you have three. And therefore, when it comes to Bircha Samozin, and there's three people eating, and they were eating together, they're joined together, either at the beginning of the meal, or at the end of the meal, or whatever the Sirif was, uh, in, in the Rishonim, then Chazal came along and said, we want you to make that Bracha of Sirif Bracha, rather than each one making a Bracha on their own. That's the Chi of Zimun. The Chi of Zimun is, we are, we are obligating you, Sechazal, or maybe it's Minatoya, I don't know. We are obligating you to, we have to discuss that later, is it Minatoya, is it Mijabon, the big Machlik Saposkim. But we are obligating you, or the Torah obligates you, to make this Bechas Simon. Rashi's Mashma, the, the Posik doesn't obligate us, the Posik just tells us the concept. And the Mishnah is the one that's obligating us. Rebavo says we learn from this Posik, Ki Sheim Hashem Ekro, I will call the name of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Then Havu Then they should bring 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 greatness to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, to to our God. So again, we have Kishem Hashem Ekro. I will, and then Havu, which is again a plural. So two and one is the same sum as before. So we should all be able to do that. Makes three. Says Rashi. Gadul Hashem Iti Harish Loisha Lechein Ekra Havu Goydol Hayachid Oimeleshnaim. The Yachid always talks to the to the to the plural. So the one is talking to the plural. Come join in my bracha. So the one is making the bracha. I am going to make a bracha. Gadlu Hashem Iti. I am making the bracha. But come, let's make that bracha great with me on the Rameshmayachtov. And then we'll have an Rameshmayachtov. But the one is is the one that's going to be doing the process. That's Sirif Bracha. Oh, Kishem Hashem Ekra. Who's calling? One's calling. Yet he's still saying Havu Goida Lelekeinu to the plural. So we see clearly that the one has the ability to be mitstar of the two to it to himself. To enable his bracha to be a bracha of a yachtov, or his bracha to be a, bra- a bracha of havu goidel lelekenu, a, a combined plural um, bracha rather than just a singular bracha on his own. <coughs> they both seem to be teaching exactly the same thing. They both seem to be teaching exactly the same thing. One learns from Gadlu and one learns from Kishem. Why one learns from one and one from the other? I can't answer that question because I do not know. Um, uh, are we clear? So we're slowly getting a little bit more of a picture of what Zimun is according to Rashi, because we're learning Rashi, and still though the clarity isn't quite there. Um, uh, so we're now saying over in the name of Ravchanon Ba'aba. <coughs> Since we start talking about the pasuk of Yishem Hashem Ekra Hovu Goyda Leilakeinu, says Reb Chanan Abba Minai Laino Amen Shelo Yagbiya Koyla Yisem In Hamavori. How do we know that the one who answers Amen shouldn't raise his voice higher than the one who made the bracha? So, for example, uh, the the Mavorich is is uh, makes saying Birchas Hamazon. Let's talk about Birchas Hamazon because that's the subject matter that's at hand. So, w- w- the Mavorich is saying Birchas Hamazon, and he says it at a reasonable tone. 
a normal a normal tone. You, when you're answering Amen, can't shout the Amen. You know, it's a big yeah, case. Say Amen loud is very nice, but there's halachi not allowed to answer Amen higher at a higher tone than the Mavorich. Minayin, minayin lo'ein Amen shelo yagbiya koyla yeshem in a Mavorich shenema gadlu lashem iti. On a Rema Moshema Yachdov. We learn from the Gadl Lashemiti on a Rema Moshema Yachdov that it's got to be Yachdov. And the Amen is a integral part of that Bracha. The Amen is what enables the Bracha to be a Bracha Yachdov. I make the Bracha, you answer Amen, and that turns my Bracha into a communal Bracha. But since it's got to be Yachdov, I can't have you louder. Because if you're louder, then it's not Yachdov. So this Pasuk is now learning. The, this Gemara is now learning from Gadlu not the concept of a bracha b'tziruf but it's learning the concept of a new halacha of so according to this Gemara we understand why we need to have a new pasuk of because you can't learn from Gadlu uh, the next mandama says no next mandama says Omer Hashem ben Pazi minayin she'ena metagem rishoy lagbiya koyle yosem mina how do we know that the metagem is not allowed to raise his voice more higher to a higher octave than the balkoyer so if we go, go back to the time of Chazal when the you would have the balkoyer who would read the posuk and the metagem would, would then translate the posuk so here we have halacha that the metagem is not allowed to raise his voice higher than the koyer Shenema Moshe Yedabe. It says in the pasuk Moshe he spoke. Vehele Kim Yanenu Bekoil, and Hakadosh Baruch would respond Bekoil. What's that talking about, Gabi? Matan Torah and what? So, so Moshe Rabbeinu is Yedabe. What's he being Medabe? So Hakadosh Baruch had already had already said the Aser Shadibris to Moshe. And Moshe is now repeating those Aseris Adibris to Kaisros. So what does it mean by Kim Yannenu Bekoil? Well, Kim Yannenu Bekoil means Akadish Baruch Hu. Response to what? What does it mean he responds? He's already told it to Moshe Rabbeinu. So after Moshe Rabbeinu told the Kaisros, he responded? So it seems, Rabbi Shimon, would you like to get a chumash and read out exactly what's going on for us? Exactly, is going on there. So what's the Moshe Yedabel Kimenei Bekoil? What does that mean? It's a simple pasuk. 
I understand, but what was the process? Are we talking about Akash Baruch spoke before and then Moshe was repeating the words of Akash Baruch Or was Moshe saying something and Akash Baruch was repeating Moshe's words? So, so the doesn't mean that he's responding. It means on the contrary, that Akash Baruch is giving Moshe the ability so Moshe is repeating the words of Akadosh Baruch and Akadosh Baruch is giving Moshe the ability to repeat those words. That, okay, so now, in what does it say in verse Hanon? The wording is, is interesting, isn't it? The order of the Psukim. Sure. So, when we translate this Pasuk, we now have who's the Metagim and who's the Kaira in this Pasuk of Moshe Rabbeinu. And that's why I made you look at the Pasuk, I hope you don't mind. Who's the Metagim and who's the Kaira? So the Pasuk's Mashal Moshe is the Kaira and Akash Baruch is the Metagim. And we're bringing uh, the Gemara's Mashal Moshe, Yedab Lakim Yanenu Bekoil, and so what do we need? So what's the bekoil telling you? So it would imply that Moshe is Yedabe, he's the Kaira, and Hakadosh Baruch is the Metagim. But uh, when you learn the Pesukim properly and you realize what's going on, it's really the other way around, isn't it? Uh, really, Hakadosh Baruch is the Kaira, and Moshe is the Yedabe, and Moshe is the, the Metagim, because Moshe is repeating the words of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and then the Gemara is brought to Raya backwards the wrong way around and that is the basis to Teisus Kasha are you with me? so we need to get the Pesukim clear to understand the Teisus because if you don't get the Pesukim clear you don't know what Teisus wants says Teisus how can you bring a Raya bring a Raya from Moshe Rabbeinu that the Metargem may not raise his voice higher than the Balkaira himself. Had they wanted to bring a proof from Moshe, they should have brought a raya from the fact that Moshe, who is the Metargem, didn't raise his voice higher than, louder than the voice of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who was the Kaira. But who may be, yet Yeshem and Pazi brings a Pasuk, and on the contrary, it says the Kaira, if you're going to bring a rap in this Pasuk, the Kaira mustn't raise his voice higher than the Metagam. But that's not what Shim Ben Paz is trying to prove. He's trying to prove that the Metagam may not raise his voice louder than the Kaira. What's the Raya from this Pasuk? So I think now that we understand the Pasuk, the means the other way around. We have a bit of a problem, says Tesis. What's going on? Comes along the riff with a very interesting pshat. of Pirishir of Alphas. sound, the voice of Hagadish wasn't louder than the voice of Moshe. Meaning like this: Mistama, one's got to assume Moshe Rabbeinu is talking to the whole of Kali Yisrael. 
he's got to project his voice from the podium that he's standing on, if he was standing on a podium, or from Hasinai, and project it right across the whole of Kalalisrol. Three million people standing around Hasinai have to hear Moshe Rabbeinu. How is that going to happen? So the simplest understanding is that he screamed. He screamed very loud. Loud enough that his voice could carry right around the mountainside and be heard by all those in the valley below. So Moshe Bekal It's logical to assume that Moshe Rabbeinu would raise his voice loud enough that everybody could so that the whole people, all of Kalisrol, were able to hear his voice. didn't need to raise his voice. He was only talking quietly to Moshe. So Hakadosh Baruch could have said it very quietly, whispered it into the kaviyachol, into the ear of Moshe Rabbeinu. Didn't need to be heard by anybody else. And then Moshe Rabbeinu would repeat it. But then we have a problem. If Hakadosh Baruch was only whispering it into the ear of Moshe, so he's the kaira, and Moshe Rabbeinu is going to be metargim to Kalalisrol, so he's the metargim, and Moshe Rabbeinu is going to have to shout. He's got a problem. He's going to have to whisper. He can't say louder than Hakadosh Baruch So says the pasuk that you know Hakadosh Baruch did. He shouted it into the into the ear of Moshe Rabbeinu loud enough that when Moshe Rabbeinu shouts the tirgum, the Moshe Yedabe won't be louder than the original Elikim Yaneno B'Koil. Lo hoi medabe la Moshe levad vafilahachi hoi magbia koiloi kadesh lo yehi koiloi shel Moshe metagim rom yisa. So that the voice of Moshe Rabbeinu, who's the Metagim, shouldn't be louder than the the voice, the not the sound of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, who was considered the Kair. A very very interesting piece of Rabbein Alphas, and a very interesting piece of Gemara. So Lachayir, this Gemara doesn't match your Rashi of Shimon. Is that correct? It would seem to be a different Chazal, um, unless you're going to say he was Messiah the Coil by shouting loud, so that enabled the voice enabled Moshe Rabbeinu to allow himself to shout so he could, he could uh, project his voice the whole of Claudius role you could push it into Rashi could you? could you not? not sure but it's a very interesting thesis to say that, and the Gemara that to say that Kodesh Baruch is called the Kaira and Moshe Rabbeinu is called the Metargum now it's clearly not a haloch in Targum that stops the Metargum from going louder than the Balkaira it's the halacha of somebody who's repeat on behalf of a kaira, he must not shout louder than the kaira himself. To Moshe. No. So it could be that the Kalashrok couldn't, couldn't, as we know, they couldn't hear it from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Not that they, they wasn't loud enough for them, that they weren't able to, HaKadosh Baruch Hu stopped his voice from going, that's not a, we know that in the Omoyed, that, that, that's a, something which is not possible, which happens. Uh, and yet they, we couldn't hear it. So that, that's something which HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, Bas Kol Yosef B'chol yeah? Can you hear it, Shimon? Unfortunately not. It's still there. The bus goes there, so there's a loud coil coming out from Hasina every single day. Unfortunately, we're not able to hear it. 
So that's not, that's not, itself is not a question. But the concept that HaKadosh Baruch had to say it not as loud as Moshe Rabbeinu is a very, very strange. What's this halacha? Why can't the Metagam say it louder than the Mekayah? The Kair anyway has to say it loud enough. But what's the, this concept of a of a metagram not allowed to be louder than a Balkair? And if it's louder, it's more important. Practically, you need to get it across. So you have to shout. 